We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Tuesday. It is October 22nd. It's 2019, and we're here to talk opening night for the NBA. It's only a two-game slate, um, but it's an interesting one, at least. Uh, a lot of a lot of interesting plays uh, and a lot of plays just in general. So um, kind of a fun two-gamer. I'm joined today by my buddy, Blenderhead, Jordan Cooper. Jordan, how was the vacation, my friend? It was long. It was really. It was real. It was really long. Uh, I, I'm. I'm. I'm not a beach person. I'm not a sun person. Uh, cruises are good only because like it's better than going to one place for two weeks and then being bored of my mind. So at least we're like moving and things happening. Uh, but it, my wife loved it. So like I. I said that I'm on vacation 50 weeks of the year, doing this. This is my vacation. What DFS every day. Uh, the two weeks my job is to be on my wife's vacation. Yeah, I saw your I saw your tweet that said that, and like I get it. Like you like um, your job, and obviously it's fun for you to talk sports every day. I'm glad to have you here. We're gonna talk some NBA, and I picked you because it's a two game slate. And anytime we get these small NBA slates, I feel like game theory is super important. So um, you know, or you could just I, say that I like to talk a lot, so I could fill time. No, that, that works too, but I really picked you because I, I think this is an interesting game theory type slate. So um, if you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com, sponsors of the podcast. Um, they got a ton of stuff going on right now with the rake-free DFS. If you haven't checked that out, I've said it multiple, multiple times. I'll say it multiple times. I've saved over $1,500 in rake football season alone. Two months, month and a half, whatever we're at. Over 1500 bucks. so if you want to play rake-free DFS, make sure you check them out. A um, bunch of stuff going on for NBA. They have a $350,000 NFL tournament main event, $50,000 to first place tournament for this weekend. So NBA, they got a $15,000 pick and roll for tonight. Um, it's awesome because you're only playing against 18 max enter um, over there in the $25. So they got $5 stuff. They got $1 stuff. Plenty of stuff going on. So... If you haven't checked them out, make sure you check them out. Jordan, 
We get started here on this two-game slate with New Orleans at Toronto. It's a 231.5 total. Toronto's favored by seven. Zion is out. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is out. And McCaw is out. If you guys have never listened to a basketball podcast on the morning grind before, I'm going to give you two quick rundowns. First, I always start by talking about injuries the night before. We record the podcast the night before. If, you know, obviously things can change, but hopefully this season we'll have a little bit more clarity. And second, um, it's a first look podcast. There is a lot of stuff in NBA that changes um, football and baseball. You get a lot of information and stuff doesn't change as much, but a lot of stuff changes with basketball. So it's a first look podcast. And I know you wanted to talk about it a little bit too, Jordan, uh, before we started breaking down this game. I'll let you um, have the floor here. Right. I, I just I just wanted to mention, since a lot of people listened to me this past season on uh, the MLB version of the morning grind with my vomit stacks and just like I, I'm 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 very much in all DFS. Like I play the game of DFS. I don't like the sport doesn't really matter as much. I only know as much of the sport as I need to. That matters for DFS and basketball is especially so. Because, like, I, I started playing basketball DFS, what, two years ago, getting that free roll ticket that DK used to give out every month. And, like, the, oh, you get into a free roll. It's like, oh, it's, a, it's EV. I might as well play it. And I was, an, I was an RG member. I mean, I've been an RG member for four years. So I used – I basically, like, I, I at least want to play a lineup that makes – that has some sense, like, to give me some shot at winning this thing. And uh, I used the CVR. I used the, the you know, the, I looked at all the tools, read all the content a little, just because I'm just making one lineup. I'm just like, but I want to win the GPP. It's not, I don't want to make the safe plays. I mean, I'm still using some DFS skill. I came in second for $7,500. Uh, I was watching the last game, the Kings game, uh, and I haven't watched basketball in like 15 years. Uh, and I, my last guy was Willie Cauley-Stein, and I was shocked to see that he was, he was not a tall, white Jewish dude. <laughs> so like that's how little basketball knowledge i to, i to, like i don't know the plays i don't know like uh, I, I don't need i don't know that uh, what college they went to i'd essentially their names on a spreadsheet and and even when i follow the games i'm typically watching the like the text play-by-play because i want to see the rotations so like I, I could turn on a game and then like when the second team comes out i couldn't identify any of these i don't know what but Dwayne Bacon looks like I don't I don't know what I don't know what any of these guys are other than like oh he's a guy for this price that does this and this is his statistical profile and everything so just just understand that like I'm never giving based on any type of basketball analysis of who I quote like it's it's all purely based on just looking at statistical sample sizes ranges of outcomes and then what could happen in the basketball game? What's the probability of that happening in the basketball game? Such as like rotations. Like, well, we'll see where, is the team going to go small? Is the team going to go big? Well, that'll affect the rotation, the minutes that someone may play. Oh, they may want the, this, they, this team plays big. So the big center on the other team may play more minutes because they need to match up against them. I don't necessarily care about the defensive matchup. I just care that, oh, this guy is projected uh, and salary-wise, as if he's going to play 26 minutes. This is a game where he could possibly play 34. So I see upside there in the amount of minutes he could possibly play. Now it could turn out that the game plays small, and I end up being wrong, and he plays 12 minutes. But those are the types of things that I'm looking at. And I'm looking at – and I and in MLB, I only play GPP. In NBA, I play cash and GPP. 
And I typically go on the opposite ends of the spectrum. I'll play head-to-heads, double-ups, and then I'll play the large field stuff. So not necessarily like the single entry three max, although occasionally I will. And I play primarily on DraftKings, but I do play some on, on FanDuel. So I, I do have a, a sense of both, but I'm going to be f- focused on, on pricing inefficiency. Like you mentioned with the, the news, like the whole concept, especially in NBA where things are so much more projectable because there's no big events. There's no touchdowns. There's no home runs. You can only, how many, how many points can you get on one play? A guy that plays six minutes, can't put up 50 points. Like, it's going to be physically impossible. So you can't get lucky like that. So these sites come out with prices the night before, and then a lot of stuff happens where some guy's out, this guy's in, the rotation may change, and now the prices are inefficient. So I'm looking primarily at in which ways are the pricing, could it be inefficient, and then building uh, lineups, especially for, for, for cash, narrow-range outcomes. What do I know? I don't typically like playing like guys that could see minutes anywhere from 18 to 26 in cash, like as a, as a 4K play, because they could kill me because they have no floor. But in GPP, I'm also not the type to play, oh, who's, who's the guy that's going to play in the blowout? Like just, oh, on, we're going to have this 11-game slate. I know this may not apply to the two-game slate, but an 11-game slate, you, you're going to look at who, who are the best plays, quote-unquote, and you're going to find tons of good players that are single-digit only. Every, this happens every night. You're going to go, well, how do you play Andre Drummond against this person, this center? I'm like, well, he's going to be 4% owned, and he can still put up a 70-point game. You can have a 20-20. Yes, it's less likely to happen, but for GPP, like, I'm not playing the 4K guy that may get 12 minutes because, like, I'm not going to win a 50,000-person GPP with, like, like a 20-point score from a 4K player. Like, no, I need big scores. So, like, I'm just hoping people play this superstar, and he – kind of he underperforms only gets like four and a half x and i played the other superstar at two percent owned four percent owned your favorite guy like nicole Jokic. i play him and i get him <laughs> right when no one wants to play him in a bad quote bad matchup so like i'm not saying in those situations that they're quote good plays it's just like well they're good plays at the ownership the same way that an mlb with like the vomit stack theory and everything like was for correlation like it's just like yeah, I'll play the Marlins because I think they're more than 1% owned to be the top stack. Like, but like if they were 5% owned, I wouldn't play. So it's the same kind of concept in NBA. So when, when you hear me on the show, like don't the QQs, if I'm on crunch time, like this guy versus that guy, it, like it, it all depends on your lineup. It all depends on the contest you're in. I have no care or to predict what's actually going to happen in the game other than is this guy worth this price? more likely than not and how likely will he exceed that price uh based on the game state because you'll see plenty of people that will either want to play low price guys that have no upside or they'll play high price guys that are already playing 38 minutes so like they a guy that plays 38 minutes and has like a 28 percent usage like how much more minutes and more usage can that guy possibly get to exceed a 10-2 price tag like yeah sure he could have a ceiling game but yeah i, I kind of look at the 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 way that a 6K guy could end up equaling that score for 50. So just like, I, I know I know it's kind of a, a, a long-winded philosophy. Just I always want to make sure that this coming season on NBA, people are not coming to me with basketball questions <laughs> and more like I have these six people in my lineup. Which 2v2 is better for this single entry tournament? And I, I, that there, there's a little bit more of a valid question because there may be some correlation or leverage uh, 
options to weigh. Fair enough. Um, again, if you if you guys haven't already, we did a Friday podcast. Um, me and Kyle Murray, uh, one of the newer guys here at Rotor Grinders, very very skilled um, DFS players, took down a lot of stuff. Uh, we did a Friday podcast, uh, the 18th. I'm pretty sure. If you're looking for it in your podcast feed, go listen to that. It's it's really long. It was like an hour and 40 minutes. Um, you may maybe you just listen to the front part and not listen to all the roster moves or anything like that. But I talk a lot about how I approach NBA on that podcast, and I'm not a defensive versus position guy. Uh, just so you guys know, I, I it's one of my least favorite stats. If a guy is getting usage and he's getting minutes, I don't care who's defending him. So um that's that's one of my favorite things when it comes to nba is usage and um fantasy points per minute and um good old-fashioned who's just gonna who's gonna score <laughs> like you know like at the end of the day who's gonna get fantasy points so let's jump into this slate we got the pelicans and raptors like i said it's a 231 and a half total toronto's favored by seven in this game um what do we like here on the pelican side of things i'm gonna ask you a basketball question because that's my job yeah, but it's not like, who do I like? It's like, who, based on the prices and based on the minutes and usage that I believe is going to happen in this game, who is undervalued and who is, is overpriced. So, like, that's technically not a basketball question. Uh, <laughs> I, the thing, uh, obviously, there's a lot of movement in the offseason. So, like, I think just get apprised on who's on what team and everything for the new season. So, realize, especially the first month, we don't even know for some of these teams, like, how they're, how they're going to play it. Some people watch preseason, but that, does that really mean anything? Uh, you, I mean, you get glimpses, but you can't really go by that. So, so I mean, the, the Raptors are a team that obviously they've changed by Kawhi Leonard is no longer with them. Uh, the Pelicans, the main thing, like I mentioned before, the main thing on this slate, especially with the big two games, is that the only player in the pool that was priced, the, the slate came out with the salaries, and now Zion Williamson is out. He was 74. He was priced efficiently for 7,400, and all the, the Pelicans were priced fairly efficiently for Zion Williamson being in. Now that he's out, the Pelicans have to be underpriced because his minutes and usage have to go somewhere, and they're going to be dispersed at, in some fashion. Someone's going to play his minutes, probably in the front court rotation, and then other people are going to get usage when he would have been on the court. So I know that, that we have some content out uh, on roto grinders, a lot like that, like the expert survey, or whatever. And uh, like, I don't, I don't want to demean because it's a two game slate, so you can play anything you want. So, uh, especially for GPPs, uh, I'm shocked that like I'm, I'm looking at the slate, especially from a cash perspective, or even from a GPP perspective, as like this is the game that I want to play. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to play eight guys from this game, and like one from, and probably LeBron and or Anthony Davis from the other game. Because, like, the Clip- I know we're talking about the other game, but it's in context. Uh, the Clippers, like, no one's going to play more than 30 minutes. So, like, I take a look at the Pelicans in Toronto. They both have – they're both playing at a very high pace. It's the highest total at 231. Like, like on Toronto, like, how do you not – on Toronto, with Kawhi out and Van Vliet, even if he doesn't start, will still play 32 minutes. So, at 4.8K, like, he's going to be the chalkiest player on the slate – I think Jamino's ownership projection currently is wrong at 36% because like, I don't, I don't see how he doesn't get six X in this spot. 
Yeah. Um, I guess we could start with the Raptors. It's fun. Oh, did, did you ask about the Pelicans? Listen, it, it's perfectly I don't know. fine. I'm new at this NBA. This is the first NBA <laughs> one I'm doing. I'm all over the place. Yeah, it's a two-game slate, and uh, it's fine. Like, I, I'm with you. I, I was shocked um, to see that some people don't really like this game as much. Um, but, you know, for me, you know, looking at the Raptors side of things, you know, you can really play any of the starting five in this game. Um, Lowry, Van Vliet, OG, Siakam, uh, Marcus Gasol. Marcus Gasol is one of my favorite plays on the slate, um, considering his price and the fact that there's a high probability he gets a double-double in this spot. You know, you look at very small sample size of what Kawhi or what Kawhi off the floor, Lowry and Van or Lowry and Siakam on the floor, and Gasol was able to average a little over a fantasy point per minute. And you just consider his price at five five. We don't have a ton of center plays on this slate, so I do like Mark Gasol a lot in this spot. Um, you know, considering his price and OG is going to free up some stuff. Um, obviously, with Ronnie Hollis Jefferson out, we we kind of know that OG's probably going to be close to 30 minutes here. So I think you could play any of the starting five from Toronto. Um, and I'll probably have two or three of these guys on most of lineups like you, like Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam or Gasol all, all seem like really good plays. And then like an OG play, especially on like a Yahoo Yahoo small forward is just really ugly on Yahoo. So like, if you're not playing Kawhi, you're just punting and like OG's min salary on Yahoo. So he makes a ton of sense over there. Um, you can add anything you want to add on the Raptors and then move over to the Pelicans. Okay, well, I mean, Gasol and Ibaka, I mean, like, we know, we know this team from last year. Just it's minus – and we have the games where Kawhi sits. So, I mean, like, it's essentially the same. So, like, like if you're going to play Gasol, then you don't play Ibaka. Like, they're both, like, 5,500 and 5,200 on DraftKings. Like, I think Gasol has the more secure minutes. So, like, in cash, I'd rather play Gasol. But if you play – if Gasol gets two quick fouls, well, here comes Ibaka. Uh, They're probably going to have to match up against a a decent-sized front court. So, I mean, I think Gasol gets more minutes. But I think my – to to pick out my least favorite, if you want to call it a favorite, I think it's is the most – basically is the most efficiently priced is actually Pascal Siakam at 7,600. I think Lowry gets a much bigger boost with Kawhi off the court at 6,800. I think he's more likely with the assists because he could get Larry has a triple double potential. Like I don't see Siakam like Siakam at 7,600 has a nice floor, whatever. He'll score points. He'll get rebounds. You're, you're, I think you're fine in cash. If you wanted to play him that way, I just, I don't see a 55 point game out of Siakam as much as I see it out of Lowry against the Pelicans. And then uh, uh, on the, the wings, I, I think I would much rather play uh, Norman Powell than play Ananobi, only because I think Ananobi's usage doesn't change. It doesn't matter who's on the court. Uh, actually, uh, it's it's who's going to play in the second unit that probably gets more usage than the guy that's yeah. going to be on the wit. Like like if Van Bleep doesn't start, we don't care because on the second unit he gets all the usage. And when he's on the fir- first uh, on the first team, like he's priced low enough that you don't mind. So like to me, if if Van Bleed and Ananobi start, like I'm more likely to play more Norman Powell than anyone else on this team. Yeah, so the reason that I mentioned OG is because I just got doing just got done doing some um salary work for Yahoo for the premium. So if I remember correctly, I'm gonna pull it up really quick. Um Powell is not a small forward over there. So like small forward, and the reason I brought him up is because it's just so ugly. 
Um, let me see here really quick. So looking at small forward on Yahoo, Pal is there. So yeah, if Pal if OG ends up starting, um, I like the Pal call instead of OG. They're both ten bucks. Like I said, you're you're probably punting small forward because it's KCP Kawhi Leonard because um, Kuzma's not playing and George is not playing. Small forward is very very limited. So like I said, if you're not playing Kawhi, you're punting. Um, as far as the Pelicans go, when we're looking at Pelicans, you talked about it, you know, no Zion that is going to, um, create some really solid opportunity for some of these people that are not priced like Zion was going to be out. These salaries came out so far in advance that the Zion news is very fresh and very, very new. So looking at new Orleans, the first two guys that I noticed here, um, is Brandon Ingram under six K and Drew Holiday under 8K. Um, those are the two guys that I like the most from New Orleans. But you also have to think, like, Derek Favors is probably going to play 30 minutes. And one of Okafor or Nico Melli are going to get some minutes here at the four and the five just because of they're kind of limited who they can use. Right. And also understand that, like I said about rotations – the, the Pelicans could play big or they could play small. <clears throat> so if you're going to play GPPs, you want to correlate based on that. So, for instance, uh, Favors is, is nursing an injury. I mean, he's an old guy anyway. Uh, 30 points is kind of – 30 uh, minutes is kind of his max. I think he's actually going to end up playing only like 26 to 28. I hope so. If so that's the case, it's going to open up a little bit more. But it could also mean, in addition, Melly could play the four. Okafor could play the five. But also understand that Ingram could move over and play the four, and that gives more minutes to guards like like JJ Redick. That uh, that gives more minutes to, to maybe someone like Etwan Moore, like Alexander Walker. Like it could go either way here. I think in cash, you're you're more likely to stick with the what you know, which I I think is like a Drew Holiday, which is uh, like Favors floor for cash. I think would be fine. Lonzo Ball at 5,400, I think, is underpriced on DraftKings. But I think he's, I don't, I think the Pelicans are much better plays on DraftKings than they are on FanDuel. Uh, I think they're underpriced on DraftKings for Zion being out. Uh, but just understand, just understand that if you, like, if you're going to play Ingram thinking that he's going to move to the four, that means don't play Ingram and Melly together because it would right. cut out on Melly's minutes. You'd play Ingram in favors, you'd play Ingram and Reddick. And then if you don't think Ingram moves over to the four and you think that the wings get more play, you don't play Ingram, and then you can play two. You can play like uh, like a Melly uh, favors Okafor and play two of them together because it's going to be a bigger front court. So th- those are th- – I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody does. Nobody does. So, But yeah. those would be the situations. That's why on a two-game slate, especially in the large field GPP, and you have to be kind of different, like I'm more likely to go, I'm going to build this lineup as if this game goes small. Or I'm going to build this lineup as if this game goes big and correlate based on that rather than try to just pick and choose uh, who's the ones because they could – one takes away from the other one. Or you take someone like Kenrich Williams and you go, okay, maybe he gets in before uh, a, an Alexander Walker for some reason. Or Etwan Moore comes in instead, even though I think Etwan Moore ends up like kind of the last guy out of this rotation. But uh, But like – J.J. Reddick could come in and play 32 minutes and, and hit, hit, hit nine three-pointers. Like, but if you play Reddick, then probably don't play Holiday with 
Yeah, and the other thing that's kind of interesting when you're looking at um, New Orleans here, um, not disagreeing with anything you said, if you get news that um, Ingram's going to start at the four, that could potentially open up more minutes for Kendrick. Like, maybe they play Kendrick Williams. They know what they have in Williams. They trust Kendrick Williams. He can play the three or the four. Um, but yeah, I, I, Melly is the one that's kind of interesting. And I think Okafor is interesting too. The one, if you get the guy right that plays the 24 minutes instead of like the 18 minutes, like at their prices and they just, cause Okafor can block shots and get rebounds. And Melly is a guy that has already showed us that he can shoot the ball. So like it's second unit, they don't really have like a high usage second unit guy, um, with Zion out. So I think they both are interesting, but I like what you're saying with the correlations. Because um, I do think, I do think, for what it's worth, I do think Ingram starts at the four and JJ starts at the three, with Drew and Ball starting at the guard positions and Favors. So, if you're projecting Favors to get under 30 minutes, I think you have to kind of give looks to Melly or Okafor um, in this spot. Just you got to be different with your lineup on a two-game slate, and just kind of looking at projected ownership. Like I think that Melly or Okafor, both going to be under 15% owned, are interesting. Right. I think Melly, at his price, at 3K, could be the slate breaker. He, he fits the profile of a slate breaker. Yeah. He, he's, he, he would be – should I pen, like, a vomit center? Can we have vomit <laughs> You can. No, because well, – well, I'm going to get into it because frontline players have more likelihood of getting that cheap double-double because of the rebounds and everything. That could get assists. But, like, I, I would do this all the time with Jonas Valachunas. Because he'd end up being priced at some point down to like under 5K. And then it's the, and same for Whiteside. They get to the point where it's like, why are they only playing 18 minutes? And it's like, if they play 34 minutes, they crush that price. And then every once in a while, they play 34 minutes and they put up 60 points for like 4,400. So I, I look at Melly as that type of play, maybe not to that extent. But if he gets, if he gets over 20 minutes, like he, he should get 24. He, I mean, he should get. Over 20 points for 3K. Yeah, and anybody that played preseason NBA knows that, like, he's going to shoot, too. Like, he's a guy that, you know, can shoot threes. Um, he wants to shoot threes. And he could potentially, like, create mismatches for, like, Serge Ibaka and stuff, um, you know, guarding the three-point line. And, like, Ibaka's a guy that can go out and guard the three-point line. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, does Ibaka want to live on the three-point line? And that could hurt Ibaka's value because he's not going to be getting easy rebounds. So, uh, a lot of ways, I like what you're saying, correlate. Um, it's a two-game slate. Correlate your teams. Um, let's go to L.A. where we got the Lakers and the Clippers, two really redesigned teams. Um, and, you know, we're heading into this game. It's a 226 total. The Lakers are favored by two and a half. Uh, Kuzma's out. Rondo is the biggest news that we're waiting on. Like, is Rondo going to play or is he not going to play? We'll have to see how that all plays out. We'll talk about that in a second. Paul George, we know he's out. McGruder is out as well. Um, when we're going into the NBA season, we talked about this on Friday, there's a lot of teams that are very, very different that we have no idea what to expect. And anybody that's telling you that Avery Bradley is going to play 37 minutes doesn't know what they're doing because we don't know what's going to happen with either one of these teams outside the fact, like you said, Doc doesn't like to play his guys a ton of minutes and they're really deep. Their bench is one of the deepest benches, definitely the deepest bench on this slate. Um, so let's talk with the Lakers first here. Obviously, you have LeBron, you have Anthony Davis. They're the two top players on the slate, in my opinion. And 
when you're looking at it, and I talked about this in the expert survey, here's a freebie for you guys. I love Anthony Davis because he's projected for 20 to 30% lower ownership than LeBron across the industry. I love it. Let LeBron be 20 or 30% more than Anthony Davis. I'll play Anthony Davis all day long. I agree with you completely. I think Anthony Davis is a top raw points play on the entire slate. But I will add the caveat. <laughs> Small forward is a very weak position. Yeah. So LeBron James on DraftKings – is point guard and and small forward eligible? I think we have enough guards to play between like Ball and Holiday and Van Bleet and Lowry. Uh, it's these it's these forward spots that are going to be scarcer, and it's the scarcest that's small forward. Like I can play other power forwards. There are there are centers that are PFCs available or whatever. So I would lean, I think, from a construction perspective, that if you're not playing Ingram, who is small forward eligible. Like, you have to play LeBron James in that lineup. Like, I'm talking about, like, for cash on DraftKings. Like, that's why, like, I know on Meansy's four plays, which, which is early for today. Typically, we wouldn't get it till, till you you'd hear it, this podcast, and then go check it out. Uh, I agree with him that LeBron would be the cash play. Because, but I think it's primarily because he's small forward eligible. I think otherwise, yeah. I'd rather play Anthony Davis. Uh, but if the case is that the ownership difference is going to be that big, like I'll I'll find a small I'll play a I'll just play Ingram in every lineup that doesn't have LeBron James, or I'll take a shot at one of these guys that's small forward eligible, and hope for the best. But I think that's the main reason why like LeBron is getting more ownership is because of his position. And you know we just got to talking about the Pelicans and Raptors game, and I think a lot of people will try to play both Davis and LeBron, and I have no issues with that. That's going to create a lot of lower ownership in that first game. Like if you, if we if we pull up the slate and like Ingram's lower owned and Lowry's low, that just means that a lot of people played um, AD and LeBron together. And I, I don't see that becoming like a big thing. But you know where the ownership was on these guys earlier on Monday to where they're at now at twelve fifteen on Tuesday morning, it's it's obviously changed a lot. So I think we'll see. Uh, a lot of people play both of these guys, but they're the two top plays, in my opinion, on the slate. Like, you know, we could obviously talk about Kawhi and, and, and Drew and Lowry, but it's LeBron and it's Anthony Davis. I feel like LeBron's going to try to showcase Anthony Davis in this game, really remind everybody why you wanted Anthony Davis to come. So the other question that we have here is the center position for the Lakers. I don't think anybody really knows, is it going to be McGee playing the minutes? Is it going to be Dwight playing the minutes? Well, Dwight is saying that he's accepting this role-playing type role for the Lakers. But if it's McGee getting the 25 minutes, because I don't think either one of them plays more than like 25, 26 minutes. If it's McGee, he's a guy that can score fantasy points in a hurry. But can he correlate with Anthony Davis um, on, the, on the floor at the same time? I think so, because I think McGee's price at 4.8K. If, uh, if McGee was 6,000, I'd be, I'd be more inclined to agree with you because he'll have to put up a bigger yeah. score, especially in GPP. I think the question here is more of, of when you make your lineups, thinking how many minutes is Anthony Davis going to play the five against Harrell? Because if, like, Zubac, yeah, okay, McGee and Howard. But I don't think Howard matches up very well with the Montreal's Howell's skill set. So they may play, quote, small. I know AD is a center pretty much. So uh, that takes away from both 
McGee and Howard. But point, I mean, they're both under 5K, and it's a two-game slate, and raw points matter. I just think even if you split their minutes equally, McGee has a higher fantasy points per minute. So, like, I don't mind playing Davis and McGee together because, like, it's a two-game slate. Like, who else am I playing in that spot anyway? I just I, – I, I don't see the upside necessarily in Howard unless McGee gets into foul trouble, but also realize that Howard, no matter if McGee is fouled out of the game, Howard's not going to play – I mean, Howard's not going to play the – like, they'll just play Anthony Davis at the five. Howard's not going to go out and play 36 minutes in a game. Like, that, that's I, – I think I could safely say that's not going to happen. So, like, I think neither of these guys – I think I, – I don't – I'm not even sure if I'll play any Howard. I'll play some McGee, but I don't consider him to be a core play at all. So, you know, obviously looking at the two guards here, Bradley and Green, they're going to get some open looks, you know, playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis. They're kind of cheap across the – well, Bradley is cheap across the industry. Danny Green's not really that cheap. Um, Do you have any interest in either one of those guys, or would you prefer, like, um, a KCP-type guy that's going to come off the bench and maybe get some more usage? If Rondo sits, maybe Quinn Cook gets a little bit of a bump, but I I could see it being um, Caruso – potentially getting the bump what are your thoughts like kind of on like the secondary options outside when we get outside of LeBron and them and Davis I think it really depends on the Rondo news uh the Rondo news to me doesn't affect anything other than minutes in a rotation and even that you don't know where where it's going so like if like if they say Rondo's in like, that, to me, that doesn't affect any of the starters. It doesn't affect LeBron. doesn't affect Anthony Davis. doesn't affect the centers. I don't think it affects much of anything. It's more of, like, if Rondo's going to end up playing, like, 18 minutes, like, they're going to go somewhere. Like, is it going to go to Caruso or Cook? Or are they just going to play a lot more LeBron James at the point and then have Caldwell Pope kind of play as a, as a the facilitator, brings the ball up the court and then goes to the corner and takes some three-pointers? Depending on which way you think that's going to go, play that gut. It's, it, I know it's hashtag play whatever you want, but that's really what you're doing. I don't think any of these secondary pieces of uh, the Lakers are, are like cash plays. Are, I mean, they're not priced low enough for me to even take a shot, and their minutes aren't secure. Their minutes, they, their minutes aren't – like how many minutes is Avery Bradley going to play? Like is he going to just show up and play 38 minutes? I don't think so. So, like, at 4,100, he just doesn't have the usage even – if he's going to be on the court with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, like, how, he turns he turns into Landry Shamet, who is in the same situation for the Clippers. Yeah, like, obviously, when you're looking at um, Avery Bradley, it wouldn't shock me if he plays 35 minutes here, but I, yeah, I but think that – Yeah, but doesn't do anything. Maybe he plays 35 minutes and has 16 fantasy points. He, he's one of those guys where, like, if you're playing Avery Bradley, you want to see him come out at, like, the five-minute mark in the first quarter and come back when all those guys come out. So, um, the Lakers rotation, I'll be honest, when, you know, I said this Friday as well, this is a team that I'm going to really be paying attention to the first week of the season and watching the rotations because – Honestly, not much, in my opinion, is going to change outside of maybe Dwight and McGee switching minutes. Uh, just kind of seeing what's going to happen with the secondary um, um, options here. So, you know, looking at the Clippers side of things, you know, obviously Kawhi is the big ad. Um, you know, he's likely going to play around 30 minutes here. and He probably ends up playing the most minutes on this team. We've already talked about how small forward is kind of – it's kind of top-heavy. Would that be the right term? It's top-heavy because, like, obviously you have LeBron, you have Kawhi. 
Um, it's the it's the position with two stars um, on the slate. So what are we looking at here on the Clippers side? The problem with the Clippers is that no one plays a ton of minutes, and then and then the second unit like overlaps. So you have Lou Williams that will come in, and Montrose Harrell that will come in, but also they'll even close halves. So like if Williams is on the court with Kawhi Leonard, like that kills that that hurts both of them. Like they're not they're all priced as if I mean you see these prices they're priced like like Kawhi isn't there, like they're priced like the old Clippers. And I think Kawhi just takes up too much usage at, it, at, between all of them that I, I don't see Lou Williams at 6,500 hitting a ceiling. I don't see uh, Montrose Harold in, in, in 26 minutes. Like, these guys are going to play like 26, 28 minutes. Patrick Beverly is going to play 28 minutes and get a lot of peripherals and maybe no points. Uh, and then Kawhi may only play 34 minutes himself. And at 9,600, like, LeBron is sitting up there, like, 300 more. I think uh, the Clippers, the most interesting pieces of the Clippers would be, like, a Shamet or J. Michael Green at 3,800. Uh, I, I think Zubach, I, I think people will play him. I wouldn't. I just don't think he has much upside in 20 minutes for 4,700. I'd just rather play McGee. Uh, and then Harold is overpriced at 6100. I mean, yes, he could take, he could obviously run up and down the court and, and take over at, at some point. But just that, that he's priced as if Kawhi Leonard isn't there, like it's the old Clippers. And I just think he, he's going to eat too much usage. So really, the contrarian play on this two-game slate, if you want, I don't, I don't even think I'm going to do it because I think there's ways for me to get contrarian without going this far. But there's a on DraftKings, there's like a ten dollar. 118,000 person tournament on like a two game slate. So like, it's going to be the nuts that wins that like you're going to need the perfect lineup. And it could be a situation where the Clippers actually manhandle the Lakers. So you play Leonard cause he's Kawhi's going to be lower owned than both the Lakers guys. He's going to be lower owned than probably the stars in the, in the other game, like drew holiday. So do you play Kawhi by himself? And then you fade all the Lakers, and then and then you you, you play everyone in the in the other game, or you do something. You, you play for a Clippers get a twenty eight point lead in the fourth quarter type of game, so that yeah, LeBron and, and AD put up like enough raw points. Like oh, they're sitting there with forty twos, but it's like they're not going to win you the slate forty two at, at nearly ten k. Yeah, so I hate Zubak here. I feel like this is a foul trouble nightmare type matchup for him with Anthony Davis, McGee, and Howard in there. Like, he's just – he's oversized in my opinion. And so Michael Green's a little interesting. Um, maybe they give him more run if, if the, the Lakers stay big here. But even Jermichael Green's a guy that, like, you can't really get excited about. The guy you're excited about is kind of Harrell, but I feel like that's who everybody's going to kind of be excited about. So – you know, you mentioned Shamit. You know, he's obviously one of the better value plays on this slate. Not because you really consider him a value play. He like he needs to shoot to get to his value. Like he'll give you like no assists, <laughs> no rebounds. He's a he's a value play because we just don't have a lot of guys that are four K right. in that range. Like I agree with you. He's going to have to shoot, and you know, he's facing the Lakers. If it's just such a different team, like we don't know, like. Avery Bradley used to be very good defensively. Like, is he going to all of a sudden be good at defense again? But and, – and, like, the guy that just – and I hate myself for saying this. The guy that continues to just show up in my, my lineups when I was messing around, 
is Mo Harkless. And yes, I, I hate it. it. I knew you were going to say I it. Hate I hate it. I knew it. Like, I, I just see so many roads to him getting 25-plus minutes in this game. With Like, if Zubak gets in foul trouble and they got to use Harrell at the four or the five and they got to use Green at the four and the five, like, it just – there's so many scenarios that open up Mo Harkless playing – the three or the four for like 25 to 28 minutes here. And he's three, seven, he's super cheap. And like, he can get rebounds. He can get assists. He can get steals, stuff like that. Like he's kind of the interesting piece that I'm looking at when I'm looking at the Clippers and I hate myself for it. It's a large field tournament play or a tournament play in general. It's not obviously a cash game play. I would much rather play like a Shamit or something in cash. I would much rather play a lot of people from the Pelicans or Raptors game. But honestly, like, I hate Mo Harkless and just hate playing him in DFS. But, like, I see roads to him getting there unless they just randomly give, like, Terrence Mann or Jerome Robinson, like, 20 minutes. And that's not Doc's style. No, I agree with you completely. And Harkless has the player profile of getting numerous ways. He, he scores across the board. So, like – I wouldn't play Harkless and Green together. Like, I wouldn't play – like, the situation where Harkless gets 25, 28 minutes means that it's coming out of – it's coming out of Green. It's coming out of – it's coming out of someone else. It's coming out of – Zubak. Zubak. Like, he's another guy I wouldn't correlate him with. Right. But I'm saying that, like, to me, I'd rather play Harkless at 3,700 in GPP than Shamit because, like, Shamit's road to, like, a 25-point game which is what you'll need at 4,200, is like shooting the lights out. Harkless could have like six points, five, uh, five rebounds, four assists, two steals. Like he fits a profile of like someone that doesn't need to score in order to get fantasy points. So I'm much more willing. Like the more minutes that he plays, like the better it is. Like Shamage is just going to shoot. So he could be on the court for 40 minutes and still give you 12 points if he's not shooting well or he's just not getting the looks or the, or the, or the, or the ball much. So, yeah, for, for large field GPPs, I actually prefer Harkless. Actually, for large field GPPs, I hate this game in general. But you take <laughs> shots. Like, the, this is the game that I'm going to be taking shots on. Like, okay, I'll throw Harkless into – I'll throw Caldwell Pope into one. I'm, more, I'm more, much more uh, likely to, to stack up the other game in multiple combinations and then play one of LeBron or Davis, and then, like, hope for the best. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. I think we had some fun here on this two-game slate. Gave out a lot of stuff, a lot of plays. Um, So, you know, changed the morning grind game up a little bit this season, brought back some stuff from last season, listened to you guys on Twitter. Um, We're going to start here with your favorite play to 5X or to 7X under 5K. We're playing a 7X. I'm going to go with Nicola Melli. I like that one. I mean, it's a two-game slate. How many people do we have to choose from? Yeah, I feel like the chalk would have been Van Vliet. Um, Like, he's under 5K. I'm going to go with McGee. Uh, I just, for some reason, continue to like him. Um, Over 8K to go under 5X. Over 8K. There's not many people to choose from. Like, there's literally only three people to choose from. Yep. What's the multiplier? Okay, I, I always have to. The, the, this is the new morning grind game. I have to remember. Five X. Yep. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. So we're talking about what is is Kawhi gonna get? 45, 48. Yeah, I'll probably say Kawhi. Yeah, I feel like all three of them should, 
get there. Um, but, you know, since you took Kawhi, I'll take LeBron. I love Anthony Davis. So I would rank them Anthony Davis, LeBron, Kawhi. So th- that question is going to be a lot more fun on game days that we have five-plus games. Give me your favorite 6X play on the slate, just the guy that you feel like is going to get 6X today. Um, I think you take shots on Norman Powell. 24 points, I think that's doable on DK. Yep, I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Ingram. Um, I really like the spot for Ingram. I think he's one of the safest plays on the slate. Um, and I think there's a really good probability that he gets, what, 36 points. So, really like Brandon Ingram. We talked about the Zion thing. Um, your get weird GPP play of the day. Like, I had a lot of people want a get weird, low-owned tournament play of the day. And these are going to be really fun on larger slates. But who do you like on this two-game slate? Do, do, do you want me to leave Harkless for you? You can't take my guy. I told you who my guy was. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been the guy. That would have been – maybe Norman Powell is my guy. Maybe that's that's my guy. How uh, right. Is he going to be low enough owned? Who Powell? I think Powell will be low enough owned, especially, okay. like, if the starting lineup comes out. Uh, it's a it's a two-gamer. Like, you can't get too cute here. Like, right, Powell yeah, right now – If Powell doesn't start yeah, – it, typically people are, like, stupid. They don't realize that minutes – it doesn't matter when they're starting or not. So, like, if Van Vliet starts and Powell is on the bench, like, he'll, he'll generate less ownership. You know how I am about the second unit. Anybody that's ever listened to me talk NBA before knows I love second units. Um, I got to pull my questions back up. I clicked off of it really quick to see Powell's ownership. Favorite DFS contest? Um, you know, we get a lot of questions about game selection. So, give me a contest that you like that you're going to play on this slate. Um, don't care what site, any site you want to pick. Well, uh, I mean, I'm a large field GPP player, so me personally, that 118,000, whatever the ten dollar is, whatever is on DK, that's my only because like that's that it's you almost have to treat it like showdown. Like you're you're gonna play the most weirdest lineups you possibly can in those. So I think that fits my strengths uh, in compared to an 11 game slate where yeah, I'm I'm strong that way, but like I I'm good at getting weird. So maybe I have that Powell Harkless lineup. Maybe have a lot of them in, in that tournament. So one of my favorite tournaments on this slate is the $40 25K mid-range jumper on DraftKings. It's a single-entry tournament. I feel like you can do a lot with your lineup on a single-entry tournament on a two-game slate to be different. Still pays 3K up top. It's not going to you know pay your mortgage for the next year. But you, know, you look at it, and that's just a tournament. It pays 25% of the field. Min cash is 1.5x. It pays only 35% of the prize pool to the top 10. So if you finish in 25th, you're going to 5x your buy-in. Um, so I really like that tournament. Again, I typically – I've built a bankroll over the years. I will throw the five or six teams that I build in the $10 tournament too. But if I'm building a bankroll, like if I'm getting started in DFS – I want to build a bankroll. I want to grind a bankroll out. I will continue to tell you guys, make sure you're paying attention to game selection. It's one of the most important things. The $12 tournament on DraftKings is one of the best. The single entry $12 tournament is one of the best tournaments in DFS to build your bankroll. Pays 26% of the field. Only 22% of the tournament goes to the top 10. It's a very balanced tournament. So if you're looking to build your bankroll, if you're new to DFS, that would be the tournament I would point you guys to to get your tournament action for 12 bucks. So um, those are our favorite selections for today. Give me your the, – the final question here, again, it's two-game slate. Give me your favorite game to go either over or under the total here. 
Okay. Uh, just as a preface, I don't bet sports. So my answer to this question is going to be based around what I'm planning to do in DFS. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, that the uh, the Clippers-Lakers game goes under and the, the Pelicans-Raptors game goes over. All right. Um, those are That's how I'm approaching the slates too. So I'm just going to mirror your – you know, whichever one you want, I'll take the other one. doesn't matter. So um, I'm with you. Like, if I'm playing this slate, I want the Clippers game to go under and I want the Toronto game to go over. I hope the Toronto Raptors and the Pelicans play extremely fast like they both did last year. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Jordan? No, I, I'm, I'm excited for NBA. I'm going to be uh, doing the expert survey, I think, once a week. The, the cash tags on lineup HQ twice a week, CBR once. I'll be on weekend crunch time. So, uh, and I'm always in the NBA. I'll be in the NBA Discord like all the time. And Andy Means is always there. Also, I know Stevie, you show up there. Uh, Chop is there. I mean, if you're not in the Discord, make sure. You, if you don't know what Discord is, just click on the on the, on the Roto Grinders website and go to the tab. And this is Discord. It's just like a Slack. It's like a like a it's a chat room app. Right, and then you could have it on your phone. You could be have it in a browser. There's like thousands of people in the Roto Grinders Discord. Not all of them active, but there's always conversation going on 24/7. Sometimes it's dumb. Sometimes it's people yelling at each other, and sometimes it's helpful. So, like, you have it depends on the time of day and who's in there. Uh, but it's especially for NBA. I know we have the court time, like the blog, and we have the crunch time, and you get the late breaking news, the alerts, the situation room, but like the most up-to-date possible thing would be to go in the Discord and people will constantly be talking about, Blake Griffin is out. What do we do now? Is this going? Is this guy going to be more owned or whatever? Because that will happen quicker than probably even the alerts go out on your Roto-Grinders app. Yeah, Discord's super important. Um, I know, like you said, I'm in there a bunch. Um, one of the things that – like. I use Discord. I usually, when I update my salary tags or something for NBA, I will post. If I change anything on my expert survey, I'll post. So I do those like three or four times a day or three or four times a week. So, and I'm always hanging out in Discord. Like I am uh, NFL season this year, like from, you know, midnight till eight o'clock in the morning, I'm usually in Discord talking with people. So uh, yeah, if you haven't checked out Discord, make sure you check it out. Again, like one of the most important things for NBA is just kind of being prepared. So one of the things that we've done this season with NBA, um, with our premium, is we've taken all the old Roto Academy courses and made them part of premium. Go read and get ready. There's so much good information in Roto Academy for NBA, so go check it out. That's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. I hope everyone has an awesome two-game slate. We'll be back tomorrow. Breaking down all the games for the big, big opening day slate for Wednesday. That's going to do it. Good luck, and we'll see you then.